0: We'll be uh, continuing here tonight, something we started last week, um, a a series here that uh, just challenges us uh, to to be ready for um, that which is coming hereafter, to be ready for eternity. I'm calling it uh, the the, the series, uh, Are You Ready? Um, As just a question, uh, just a very, very broad question. Um, Are we ready uh, for eternity? Are we ready to meet the Lord? Are we ready to stand um, in judgment, and um, and uh, looked at, at, at that truth last week, just broadly speaking, um, of the, the first and the most basic and the most important aspect of that question um, of, of knowing that uh, we are saved, uh, examining your heart, and, uh, and knowing whether or not you are, um, as it says there, in the faith, and having that settled and having that secured um in your heart and your mind. Um I uh remember I related some of this um before, but I just remember having a time in a period of my own life where I doubted my salvation, I was really struggling with that. And it was a time when I was um uh, pursuing God's will in my life, a time where I, I um had previously felt um called into the ministry and um, in, in, in the devil was was just really really um, putting a lot of doubts into my mind, and I found in that um, I found in that process that while I was doubtful of my own salvation, while I was doubtful of um, my own um, uh, eternal destination, uh, it was very very uh, challenging for me to really be victorious and, and confident in any other area of life. Uh, it, it affected. Uh, my testimony, it affected my witness. It affected my walk. It affected um, my my uh, my time in the Word and in prayer. And while some of those things might have led to the doubts, perhaps certainly um, the doubts led to some uh, some diminishing returns there also. And so um, it's so important that um, we 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 get the the matter of our salvation just nailed down and settled because um, if we're Um, busy uh, uh, and consumed in our hearts and our minds um, with those kinds of doubts and fears. We certainly are not um, going to be, be concerned for souls. We're not going to be concerned for our impact on others because we will be so fretful and doubtful um, of our own salvation. That's what we looked at just first and foremost last week. Um, and certainly, uh, if you're if you're not saved, I mean, the, the, no other preparation that that we could make is going to matter. Um, salvation is the the the, the key um, and the first step and, and the most basic and the most foundational uh, preparation that we can make for eternity. Um, nothing else we do um, will last if it's not built on the foundation of salvation. We're going to kind of go and we're going to turn to that side of it now and, and say now that we've established the importance and the significance of salvation of course and now that we've gotten that settled and, and we're assured of that and we're moving forward what what then must we do to to repair because certainly the the bible is full of far more parables and instructions for those who are saved than those who are not um and there's uh, challenges and 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 um, instructions, commandments given to those who are saved and who are going to go be with the Lord, but they are not um, then just wholly, wholly um, uh, prepared to stand before the Lord in anything other than um, uh, being being forgiven and, and standing outside of condemnation. But there will be um, a time of, of judgment for the saved also, and we want to be ready for those things. We want to be ready for... Um, the judgment seat of christ we want to be ready for um, the the marriage supper of the lamb not just again to be in attendance of those things which salvation provides um, but to receive that that um, that welcome from the lord of well done thou good and faithful servant and that's what we want to be prepared for going forward and um, started to look at that and sort of look at some some places and, and many many parables that the lord told in his ministry and it came across one in Luke chapter twelve is where we're going to look here tonight, and I'm going to spend a few weeks here I think in Luke chapter twelve just because I came to this uh, you know kind of looking through these these thoughts, um, and, and it came to the verse Luke chapter twelve in verse forty. It says, "Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not." And here toward the the end of Luke chapter twelve. The, the, there's a lot of, of reference there to um, a servant being ready for the return of his master and what that means. And, but that verse 40 um, says, be therefore ready. And therefore is always pointing back to that, which, that which precedes it. And what precedes it is a, a parable and some instruction um, about um, uh, how we live our lives in this world and, and how we prepare for those things is a parable that we'll get to next week because preceding that all the way back to the beginning of the chapter is where I want to begin tonight because the beginning of this chapter um, and, and really all of Luke chapter 12 speak on this this idea of how we uh, prepare ourselves to to meet the Lord and stand before the Lord one day and to, and to be what um, what God would have for us to be, um, to make the difference here in this world that we're supposed to make. And that all goes into the theme of what we're talking about. And we'll get into some of the other things that are yet to come um, in, in, in a few weeks, but um, this really just kind of captured my attention here uh, this week, um, There's this passage of Luke chapter 12. Now, Luke chapter 12 is um, an, early, um, an earlier passage in the Lord's ministry, um, very similar to the Olivet Discourse um, the Olivet Discourse is, um, of course, one of the the, the place where the Lord um, gives the signs of the times. And he talks about the things that are going to come and, and what will be the signs of his coming. And we're going to get to some of that here along the way. But this is earlier than that. This is middle of the of the book of Luke. This is um, earlier in his ministry, um, and earlier in his preaching and teaching and um, his disciples' Um, or, or younger and, and, and newer in their faith. You know, the Lord gives them some really, really challenging thoughts here tonight. And um, we'll start here uh, right at the beginning, but um, we're, we're challenged throughout this passage that, um, that we, we are to be preparing to stand before the Lord, we're preparing to meet the Lord. And we all will stand before the Lord one, one day in one way or the other. As I said last week, as um, I said many times before, uh, we believe um, that we are living in the last days of the last days. We believe that the Lord can can and, and really should return at any moment. we believe that um, that the Lord is going to return for us that many of us um, that are, are watching live here tonight uh, do not anticipate or plan to um, to face death. We, we expect the Lord to come back in our lifetime just based on uh, what we read out of the word of God and based on what we um, uh see happening all around us in fulfillment um to uh those 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 promises and those prophecies that the lord has given to us in his word we believe that the lord would come back and in and in, in, in doing so it, it should cause us certainly um, great joy um, great expectation and hope but certainly also um, a great amount of, of, of fear and, and and soberness in our in our hearts and our minds um, fear in the sense of 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 a, a holy reverence that like we talked about this morning. And you know, what we're going to talk about here tonight is, is how we prepare by living in the fear of God. Um, Hebrews 9, 27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, it's a, it's a verse in, in, in that context speaking really about the, um, the, uh, the substitutionary death of, of Jesus Christ But it's also um, a reminder to us that uh, for mankind, there is a physical death, there's an end to this life, and then there is judgment. And and, um, we will be, uh, the judgment will be based on what is done in this life. There's a poem written by a missionary in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, missionary uh, C.T. Studd. C.T. Studd was a man who. had a a powerful, powerful ministry, Um, began serving um, in China under the ministry of Hudson Taylor and the Lord moved him from there to India and then from India uh, moved him to um, Western Africa, really to the the, the Congo region Um, and um, he lived his life for the Lord after the Lord saved him and, and called him, he lived his life for the Lord and, um, and he wrote a poem, one I think that really captures the spirit that he had. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, several, it's several lines, so bear with me here. But the, the poem goes, Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. One life to live, twill soon be past, only what's done for Christ will last only one life, yes, only one, soon will its fleeting hours be done. then, in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment-seat. only one life, twill soon be past, only what's done for Christ will last, only one life, still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave, and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life, t'will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life, t'will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me, me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, Only one life, twill soon be past, only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep, in joy or sorrow, thy word to keep, faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life, twill soon be past, only what's done for Christ. Will last, oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasures on thy throne, only one life twill soon be past, only what's done for Christ will last, only one life, yes, only one, now let me say thy will be done, and when at thy uh, and when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say,Twas worth it all. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, uh, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, oh happy I'll be, if the lamp of my life has been burned out for Thee. C. T. Stud proved in his life that I mean he really did believe this. These words that he wrote, that he really did. Um, desire to live this out and to live for the Lord and he lived with eternity in view um, not not just a a an understanding um, that that uh, he he was saved and, and he was a child of God but that he had a life to live for a purpose that God had put him on this earth and had saved him um, unto good works and unto an eternal purpose and that God had a, a big plan for his life, and that in pursuing and accomplishing that will, that um, he, would, he would see the Lord's blessing on his life, he would see the Lord's provision for his life, that he would uh, exit this life and, and enter into the next with, with confidence and with joy and with peace of mind. He was preparing himself in this life for what is next. And I believe that's the challenge that we get out of this, this passage. So I want to read here just a few verses to get us started out of uh, Luke chapter 12. Um, all the way back at verse one, it says, "In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod upon one another, he began to say unto his disciples, First of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid." That shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in the darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in cl- uh, in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And um, here, I'm mean, one of the ideas that the Lord is is relating to his his disciples here is that um, is that <clears throat> uh, uh, that God knows and sees all things, and that God. Will reveal all of these things. Um, he's challenging them in the private areas of their lives to be uh, 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 faithful and and fearful in their living. To not believe that there is um, areas of their life where um, that, that God doesn't see, where God doesn't know, where where it doesn't matter um, what they do or what they say or what they believe. But that it all um, it all matters. It all matters for their for their testimony. It all matters. Um, for the, the the judgment seat, and I believe that you know one of the things the Lord says here of, he says of, uh, of this that it's it's like the leaven of the Pharisees of hypocrisy to be one thing in public and to be something else in private, and the the Pharisees um, had a, a pattern of making a, a public show um, of, of their lives, and and they would um, uh, put on a really good public show of how righteous they were and how well educated they were and and how Pious they were, but when it came to the very basic aspects of the law, um, they were often very, um, uh, very deceitful, and they were found wanting very much so. And um, and and to an extent, these things came to light in in life. You know. When you read this, um, what the Lord says in, in verses two and three, that there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, there's nothing hid that shall not be known, and what is spoken in darkness shall be heard in light, and which is spoken in, in the ear and closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. That is not just. Um, there is an aspect to that that means that uh, what is what is reality of things, what is the true essence of things, is even known in this life. That there's no, um, there's not a single person in this world who can live. A, a hypocritical lifestyle and it not be known, not be revealed. Now I'm just saying that this is um, that this is the um, this is declaring that um, a, a, a sin problem that you're struggling with in your life maybe in secret is something that the Lord is going to expose you for. But certainly when it comes to areas of of great hypocrisy in the in the Christian life that um, something for which you really have no no, no plan or, or desire or no, uh, make no, no efforts at all um, uh, to, to let the Lord change in you. And yet you're holding others to a standard that is one that you cannot and will not hold for yourself. Uh, that's the, the, really the essence of that hypocrisy. And the Lord says of that, that that's going to be revealed. That's going to come to light. That is going to be uh, known and exposed And we've seen that happen, um, certainly in in different times. We've seen Christians whose lives have been um, turned upside down because some secret thing came to light, something that they were doing that was truly um, corrupt and truly deceitful and and detrimental, not just to themselves, but to to their families, to their churches, to their communities, um, comes to light. And the Lord um, has a way of letting those things come to light. Um, The Lord said in the book of Numbers to his people, he says, be sure your sin will find you out. And that um, no one who is truly hypocritical and and living a a double-minded lifestyle is going to um, be able to keep that concealed for their entire lives. Certainly one of the ways in which we live in the fear of God, one of the ways in which we um, uh, prepare ourselves to, to meet God, to stand before God, is to uh, is to abhor anything that is is hypocritical. When there is something in our lives that does not comport with a Christian testimony, uh, we 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 have an, a heartfelt desire, at least, for the Lord to change that in us. So we we, we seek God's help for that. Uh, we may have failures. We may have um, uh, times where we fall, but we um, but we certainly don't just. Um, uh, live in that knowingly and willfully and, and, and hard-heartedly. Um, we are uh, my, trusting the Lord to help us with that. And certainly there's a, a, a an application to these verses also that whether something is known in this life or not um, publicly, you know, whether private things are, are made public in this lifetime or not, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and and before Christ. We will... Um, our works will be tried, the way that we used our time and our, our, our abilities and our talents and our opportunities and our relationships and the, the resources that God gave us. All of this will come to light and God has seen all of it and, and um, we won't um, get away with anything and those, those things that we wasted, those things that we abused, those things that we misused, uh, we'll give an answer for all of that and uh, it will affect the rewards that we have one day, it will affect um, the the testimony that we have uh, before the Lord one day. And so God does know the truth. And, um, and, and uh, Proverbs, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And we must, as we live in the fear of God, remember that God sees all things and he's always with us. And if we're going to live in the fear of God, we must live with a, a conscious awareness that that, that that God is always with us and God sees all things. And and uh, there's nothing hid from the eyes of the Lord, and, um, and, and by, by God's mercy and his grace and his long-sufferingness, if there is something secret in your life that hasn't been exposed, God is giving you time to repent, and God is giving you time to, um, uh, to get victory by his grace, and, and we shouldn't take that for granted. We shouldn't, um, uh, we shouldn't take that as, as God's endorsement. We should understand that certainly as God's um, graciousness is God's mercy to us and make use of it in that way. Um, then it goes on from there. And it says, uh, in verse four, it says, then I, uh, and I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that have no more, more that they can do. But I forewarn for you, uh, whom ye shall fear, fear him, which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Now, he is not talking about the devil, Right? He's talking about um, Almighty God. The devil doesn't cast anybody to hell. The, the devil would love for you to join him there, but the devil doesn't cast anybody to, in, in, into hell. He himself is going to be cast into hell and into the lake of fire. Um, he doesn't cast anybody in there himself. This is saying that um, rather than having a fear of man, rather than having a fear um, of this world and of principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places and, uh, rather than having a fear of those, those um, powerful evil you know, evil entities, evil spirits, um, devils um, that, that are powerful, but they are less powerful than God. Rather than fearing any of those things which have no power over you and over your soul, fear God. Fear God. Um, the worst that um, the world can do to us is, um, is essentially um, uh, abuse us and misuse us and torment us in the ways that they can, physically speaking, and then ultimately to to end our lives prematurely, uh, the worst that they can do is that. And and for that, what we would call even to the extreme extent of of, of that, we would call a martyr's death is something that is precious in the eyes of the Lord. Um, those who died a martyr's death um, in in times past, and even in modern times, is something that um, that is is precious in the eyes of the Lord, and it's certainly not something that. Um, is beyond God's power to prevent um, or to, to hinder. Um, they tried to, um, they, they martyred essentially all of the apostles and, and, and many, many, many of the, uh, the early church fathers. They tried to do that to, to um, the apostle John. And, um, and, and uh, the Lord supernaturally sustained him um, when they tried to, to, to boil him alive in a, in a cauldron of oil um, uh, it didn't kill him. Now we don't know what, um, how much of an effect the Lord did allow it to have. We don't know if it didn't affect him at all uh, the way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to walk around in the burning fiery furnace without even so much as having hair singed on them. The only thing that burned in the fiery furnace was the ropes that bound them. Um, we don't know if that's ha- the case for John, if the Lord prevented him from feeling any harm at all or if the Lord simply sustained his life through that and in spite of that, but um, the Lord has power even over that uh, when they um, uh, when when they, the, the world when the the powers that be have have taken the lives of um, have taken the lives of Christians for their Christian faith, they did not take their lives. Um, the Lord allowed their lives to be ended, allowed them to be taken um, for the the testimony that it would be. Um, and it's, a, it's a, it was a precious thing in the eyes of the Lord. And so only God um, deserves our fear. Only God deserves our fear. We're not to, to live in the the fear of man. We're not to live in, in fear of of those things which um, are unseen. The Christ is not threatening here with um, a loss of salvation. Um, he's not saying um, that, uh, that 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 um, that, uh, uh, that 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 those who believed are going to be cast into hell or something like that. But he's reminding them of how truly great their salvation is. Uh, the book of Hebrews says that our, it's a so great salvation that um, he's not saying fear them, which that I fear God who, who can throw you into hell on a whim. The Lord is not going to break his promise. Obviously, if you've trusted Christ as your savior you are, uh, at the end of your life, you're going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But he is also reminding us that the only one that deserves our fear um, is, is God himself. We should not live in the fear of man. We should not uh, live with, uh, uh, with a respect of persons. We should not live ashamed of Christ and of our testimony for Christ because Christ, God is the only truly powerful um, authority in our lives, we can have boldness in the face of ridicule. We can have boldness in the face of reproach. We can have boldness in the face of persecution, even um, and oppression. Because the worst that man can do to us is is inflict reproach and, and ridicule, and, and oppression and persecution. And the worst that they can do ultimately is, is to inflict death. But even in that, it is not outside of, of, of the Lord's will and the Lord's power. And so God deserves our fear. We're to live with an understanding that only God deserves our fear. And then it goes into this passage here down to the next several verses. And it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for ye are of more value than many sparrows. I, uh, also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denies me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven and when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto the magistrates and the powers, take you no thought, how or what thing you shall answer, or what you shall say for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in that same hour what you ought to say. And um, it's uh, and we're kind of concludes this portion of, of, his, of his message, of his sermon here, uh, by reminding them that God is a good God while God is the only one who deserves our fear and God is, is all-seeing and all-knowing and all-powerful and, and there's nothing that we truly get away f- with, um, with God, there's nothing that we can do that is hidden from his, his eyes, from his knowledge, um, and that God is the one who has the power over our souls and our eternities, we're also reminded at the same time that God is a good God. Um, and, uh, and it's the goodness of God is one of the things that that leads us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to fear. It is an understanding of of, of the, the the holiness of God, but it's also an understanding of the mercy of God and the grace of God and the love of God uh, that that leads us to fear. If God um, has the kind of power that He knows all things and and um, and that He has every right to do deal severely with sin and yet chooses not to that is of more uh, power and consequence than um uh, than it would be for us to for him simply just to deal with us severely and and just accordingly as we deserve and so god is a good god he cares about us Uh, we're of more value than many sparrows and the lord has numbered the hairs of our head um, and and he provides for us and and protects us along the way he never leaves us and just out of a a spirit of of gratitude out of a spirit of a love we can walk in the fear of god so if if uh, we're going to go forward here in this in this chapter here over the next couple of weeks and we're going to look at some things that do deal a little bit more in the the realm and in the the vein of preparing ourselves to stand before god but if we are going to be prepared to meet God, if we're going to be prepared uh, to stand in the judgment, if we're going to be prepared to meet him and, uh, and, and join him as his bride at the marriage supper, if we're going to be prepared to, uh, to rule and reign with him in um, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ and, and, and be worthy of the reward and the authority that he's going to give to us, then it means right now we live in the fear of God. We live in view uh, of eternity. We are setting a, our affections on things that are above and not on things that are on this earth. We are laying up treasures for ourselves in heaven and not here on this earth. And for us to do that, we have to walk in the, the fear and the knowledge and, and the constant awareness of the the presence of God, uh, rejecting anything that is that is hypocritical and, and, and letting the Lord help us and, and and grow um, into a, a Christ likeness in our lives, which rejects the worldliness and the materialism, and the humanism and the hedonism and the relativism that this world has to offer. Just rejecting all of that, and um, and and uh, uh, pursuing after the the eternal purpose that God has placed us here for. So, if you're going to live a life that counts for something. Uh, in eternity, it means that you have to live in the fear of God right now. Um, those this week that um, do something that has eternal weight and value are going to do it because, um, among other things maybe, but they're going to do it because they understand that um, eternity is coming and that it matters and that there are bigger things than the here and the now and there are, there are more important aspects to life than um, uh, than just the the... The, the material world that we live in, and and uh, they they will do those things out of a heart of love and, and gratitude certainly, but certainly also out of a heart of, of fear of the Lord. And uh, we'll go through Luke chapter twelve here um, again, in maybe two two weeks or so through the rest of this passage. But it is an important um, uh, text for us to to look at here as we go forward in this um, this this series. Of preparing to um, to stand before the Lord and being ready for that day. Um, with that, let's 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 close out with a word of prayer, and um, and, and uh, we'll sign off. Uh.